Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this Saturday morning up here from my studios in Fort Collins. I hope you're all having a great day. I'm going to have a decent day today, and then we're going to get some weather again. I mean, I I love the rain. We need moisture. And if I hear myself say we need moisture one more time, I don't know what I'm going to, how how I'm going to feel about it. (laughs) Um, I, I see the mountains are supposed to get a bunch of snow maybe on Tuesday. We're supposed to get rain. And we do need the moisture. And we had... We have some dry soil, and the farmers, it'll help down the road. But there's still lots of things to get out and do, and we're going to try to tell you about them. Remember to always follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And and don't uh, don't forget about our YouTube channel. And later on, I'm going to announce we're going to start trivia again. We're not going to have a question today, but I'm going to announce when we're going to have a question. So you want to follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook because the answers to the trivia question usually end up on Facebook. But right right now, let's go right to the phones. And joining us from the Granby area with Fishing with Bernie is Dan Shannon. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Terry. How's the you know how's the weather up in Granby right now? Well, it was a beautiful morning. It was a flat calm. Where the winds are just starting to pick up. I think we're probably mid thirties for the temp. It's uh, it's it's got a little little overcast, but uh, it's it's not bad at all. How how is the water level at Granby, Dan? The water level is down about thirty feet right now on Granby. Uh, but it has started to come up a little bit in the last in the last couple of days. Just looking around, I know it's hard to tell. Does it look like there's pretty good snowpack above you? Um, there's decent. We did. I think we did hit our average kind of right here at these last couple of storms. So we're we're right on right where we should be as far as snowpack, which is good. I think it's a uh, it's a good start to the year, and hopefully we can uh, not have a year like last year where the all the moisture we had was our snowpack. We didn't get any rain. Yeah, that's for sure. We need that during the year. Hey, um, I talk a lot about Granby, and I used to fish there a lot myself. And my two favorite times to fish there were right now and in the fall. I love to go fall for numbers with uh, when the spawn is going on, and you can just get those 50 fish days and those things. But if you're going to hunt big fish at Granby or bigger fish, this probably is the prime time, isn't it? It's definitely one of the prime times. Uh, for sure, the, the fish right now, the bigger, larger fish right now are, are very catchable. They're in, in a little easier access, easier to access parts of the lake. So we get uh, they don't they don't hide in all that deep structure this time of the year. It's kind of like the ice season where you're you're fishing the fish. The water temps the same throughout, like from 100 feet to five feet. So those fish will move up shallow and and hit some of those little easier to access spots. Well, my biggest. Uh, Lake trout that we caught on my television show years ago, Granby came in this time of the year in nine feet of water. So a lot of times this time of the year, I think people do fish too shallow, be, I mean too deep, because you're right. As long as the water temperature is the same throughout the lake, they're going to be where the food is. So how is the fishing? When did the ice go out, and how has the fishing been so far? So the ice basically we we started uh, launching boats last Sunday. Um, with only the far west side of the lake that just had, uh, we had a couple hundred yards of open water when it first came off. By the end, by the middle of that day, it was breezy, and we could make it probably a third of the lake. 
um, by the, the end of the next day, the ice was entirely off. So it came off quick. Um, the fishing's been good so far. It was, it's, uh, I mean, we're, we're really seeing lots of, lots of active fish, lots of, lots of chasers, um, and just dialing in that bite, getting that right presentation and, and profile for your bait. They want to see that day is, is kind of in the ticket. Now, are you seeing numbers and big fish or are you mostly concentrating on bigger fish? Most of my most of my time on the water lately has been for the bigger fish, um, and then we sneak in there and a lot of brown trout. This this time of the year is an amazing time to chase brown trout as well. Now, what kind of presentations are you using? And I'll, you know, when, first of all, let's back step a minute. When you're going after, we're talking big lake trout. Now, I don't know what you consider, but I'm sure you're talking fish that are in the 30-plus inch range or bigger, and there's a, still a good number of those in Granby. How do you, it's more like hunting than fishing. Isn't that using your electronics to find them? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, we're using, we're, we're working the shallow spots with our side scan. And when we identify fish, we're going to pull up over those spots and, and we're going to fish for those fish. Um, this time of the year, I like to just, I, I really like to outside, upsize my baits because I think that the fish with the cold water, they're cold water species. They're super aggressive. They're not, they're not afraid of a big bait. So I just like upsize my baits and I, I fish a variety of stuff. I don't stick with just a certain, just, just very uh, specific bait more like I'll work plastics, I'll work hard baits, I'll work spoons. Like, like we kind of work through the gambit trying to figure out what it is for each day. Cause I don't know if you've ever, you spent time up here. You know how lake trout could be. Where they'll, you'll be, you'll be fishing them, and they'll, they'll follow a bait to the side of the, to the side of the boat, just looking at it with their nose on its tail, and then all of a sudden you do something just a little bit different, and that fish bites. So it's just working through the pattern for the day. Now, before I get into a little more of that, if somebody is coming up to fish, I know we're, we'll talk about your guide service later, and you guys also share information. But are are there are there opportunities for numbers too, or don't you even look at that? You just concentrate on the big fish. There is opportunities for numbers. Typically, we're looking for for shallower structure. So, like if you if you're you find a rock pile, or or you find like a, the edge of a drop off, and or over sometimes in the, on the edge of like the current seems where the water's coming in, say out of off in the inlet, out of shadow and stuff. Kind of looking for those those places that are going to concentrate. And these these fish are eating a lot of mice shrimp, and they're the number size. So we find those areas that concentrate the mice shrimp, which the mice shrimp and plankton. And we kind of go through the pattern there. And those are kind of the areas we focus for the numbers. A small tube jig, small grub with sucker meat is, I mean, and a, or a spoon just worked on the bottom is, is a really good presentation for those numbers fish. Now, and, and you can still catch big numbers. And you and Bernie have showed me that you can catch a lot of these fish year-round. Now, when you're chasing big fish, though, you have to have a little different mindset. And sometimes people get frustrated with it. How many bites a day and how many fish and what kind of size are you catching? Um, so far, our best day has been we, had, we landed five fish over 30 inches, lost two at the side of the boats, but our best day since the ice has come off. Um, I've had days in between from there where we've gone three bites. Um, and our typical bite day right now is about seven to ten bites. We'll probably, I mean, if we can get three fish to the boat, that's a really good day. So we're chasing big fish. You definitely, the numbers aren't there, but uh, you do end up seeing a lot of fish just because they do like to chase, and you'll see them to the side of the boat. And, and it's just, it's, 
it, it's a really exciting time to be on the water. Now, as a guide, I've always wondered, uh, as a guide, when you talk to your clients, you have to kind of set their expectation, don't you? Because you know, if they want to come up and chase big fish, there's a good chance you'll get into them, but it's going to be a limited opportunities, and it can get frustrated. Do you sometimes ask them, or even during the day, do you say, hey, are you guys okay? You still want to go after big fish, or you want to go get some numbers? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, uh, with our guide service, we're always trying to make sure that our clients leave with a smile. I'm not out there to, to hammer away just so they catch that one fish if that's not what they want to do. And we, we do a gamut. Like, there'll, there'll be some people that they want to just have an opportunity for a big fish in the morning, and they want to they wanna just go fill the tug on the rod for the rest of the day. So so we, we tailor it, and, and we'll, we don't do just – sometimes we get outside of the lake trout we'll get into the brown trout and rainbow trout if we need to, to, to make that happen. So, so we are, we are, all of our guides are excellent with uh, all the different bites that go on on the water and the lakes around here. Yeah. How about the rainbows? Are they doing pretty good on any of the lakes up in your area? All the rainbows right now are the same as the, the lake trout. So they're, they're up shallow and, and they're, uh, they're definitely, definitely active and feeding. You're really seeing them starting to, to hit the surface in the mornings. I think we'll start to get some hatches on some of the muddy areas, and and that'll that'll just increase as the as the water temp warms. So, are there some shore opportunities up there also, in addition to boat? And what about some of the other lakes like Williams Fork and those? Yeah, absolutely. There's some excellent shore opportunities right now. This is this is the time when when the shore angler can get into the get into the better fish as well as as, as numbers of rainbows and browns. Um, on Granby and Williams Fork and, and Grand Lake, for that matter. So uh, the ramps are open on Grand Lake. You have to stop in uh, at the the Stillwater ramp on Granby, and, and they have a process to get you onto the the onto the lake on Grand. There's actually not an inspector that's actually physically there, but they have a process to get you out there. Um, Williams Fork, we're anticipating opening on the 15th. So. That'll be a that'll be a big day when that opens. But right now, uh, people with the non-motorized craft, I've been seeing some big fish come out of there. So that's a, always a good place to go before the the boats with motors can hit it. How how long will this uh, big fish bite or uh, the fishing in general on Granby? You fish it year round. When how did when does it start to change, and how will it be like three four weeks from now? So three, four weeks from now, you know, lake trout, they're, they're a migratory fish. And I think a lot of it has to do with water temp. So they like that colder water temp. They're a cold water species. They're going to find that, that temperature where they're comfortable. So as the water warms, those fish, they kind of get back to the back to their deeper haunts, and it kind of concentrates them. And for a while, it makes them uh, sometimes a little bit easier to catch and to locate if you have the boat and you're using your electronics, just because you, still, you can start eliminating sections of the lake as the water warms. And, and really, really narrow narrow down into that that band where those the fish are comfortable and where they want to be. Yeah, and do they do you find them so? Do you, as the summer progresses, do you still chase big fish, or do you go for numbers, or do you still continue doing either one? Oh, we we still continue doing either one. I find that the numbers bite picks up as the water warms up. Just I, it concentrates them a little bit more, just because of that that water temp. So it makes it a little bit easier on the numbers bite. Um, but we definitely we do both throughout the season. We kind of back yeah, off of the big fish towards October just so they can do the spawn. But uh, after the, most of the year, we can, we can stay on a pretty steady, steady bigger fish bite or numbers bite. 
And, you know, one of the things when we talk about lake trout, whether it's at Granby or Blue Mesa or Williams Fork, is if you catch that big arm hugger fish, that's the one you want to release, right? I mean, keep those genetics in the lake, and then, but there's still plenty of those small fish if you do want some for the table. Absolutely. The larger fish you want to let go, that's your trophy class fish. You know, the the, the fish numbers are kind of like a pyramid in a lake. You have a, the base of the pyramid is real wide. There's a lot of the smaller fish in there. So that that's the bottom of your pyramid. The top of your pyramid is 30-plus inch fish. Some of those fish, well, maybe not all of them, but some of them can be 30-plus years old. It all depends on the fish and what their forage base and what they've been eating. So, I mean, 30 years to replace a fish to, to mount on your wall, I think, it makes some pretty good replicas nowadays that will last a lot longer, and you can let that fish go. And for that 30-inch fish in a couple of years, is a 31-inch fish or 32-inch fish. Or that 40-inch is now a 42-inch fish. So it's a, yeah. I think it's a good sound practice to let those ones go and eat those smaller ones, those 19-inch and under. Excellent table fare when they're that size. Well, and you can keep, what, four, I think? Is that right? Yeah, it limits four lake trout. Um yeah, on Granby and, and and then then four other trout, and then on Grand Lake it's four in aggregate, so you can keep four trout in, as a as a general species. And you know, two to four of those sixteen, eighteen inch lake trout are going to be a meal for anybody, and oh, and they're just and they're such good eaters. Yeah, they're excellent. But I put them right up there with the salmon for for table fare. They're they're a fatty fish, kind of like a, like a salmon is. And the smaller ones, they, they're they're less fatty than the big ones, and they're just they're excellent table for once a good fillet, two fish feed three people pretty easily in that eighteen nineteen inch range. So it's a we eat them a lot here, and we really we really like them. I think they're one of the better eating fish. All right. So last question: What's a, a if you were going to talk about a big fish? What's one of the bigger fish you've seen come out of Granby? How big do they get there? Um, we, so through the the ice this year, we, I mean, since January, we've pulled out two 40 inch fish. Um, so I went 41 and a half is the biggest one that I've seen. I've heard of them up to, uh, like mid forties. So 44 to 46. Um, what do you think a fish like that weighs? Oh, you're pushing. Depends. Uh, that 41 and a half inch fish we caught this year was right at almost 30 pounds. So that's a pretty pretty solid fish last last comment um how do people find you if they want to book a trip i know you're going to start filling up you got you how do they get a hold of you if they want information or book a trip yeah so we have a team of guides right now we are booking up our phones are ringing pretty steadily um but i have i have a team of guides that uh you can look for us on the internet at www.fishingwithbernie.com get us on facebook fishing with bernie and uh instagram same thing uh, just give us a call and we'll get you set up with a guide. I so said we have a full team that has, has some has some time and they're all excellent guides with a great opportunity to get you on on the fish that you're after. All right, all right, my friend. As always, great to have you on. Keep us posted on what's going on up there. We'll do. Thanks, Terry. You have a good one. You bet. Dan Shannon with Fishing with Bernie. We'll take a quick time out. We come back. Parks and Wildlife will join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Locations up and down the front range. If you have an outdoor activity you love, Jack's has everything you need to do it and take part. Hey, let's go right to the phones now. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, 
She's the deputy director there, Carly Kutnick. Good morning, Carly. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. You know, it's a it's been a unique and challenging year this last year for everybody in a lot of ways. You know, I can think back a couple of years ago, Parks and Wildlife had just come off getting approval from the legislature to make some funding changes, and we were all heavily involved in recruiting people outdoors, and everybody's worried, of course, about conservation in our infrastructure. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit, and uh, a lot of people either went back to the outdoors or they took up outdoor activities for the first time, and our resources all of a sudden became a little stretched and more difficult to manage. And I think Parks and Wildlife was a great example of how they had to be flexible and change approaches and 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 be willing to you know just take the effort to do things and you introduced me to an initiative that really kind of helps address a lot of these needs because as people went outdoors each part of the state had unique needs both for conservation and for um, getting people to use our resources and improving our resources so you came up with an initiative to get local and regional partners involved. Tell us about that. Of course. So the initiative is called the Col- or, so it's Colorado Outdoor Partnerships, and then the subset of that is the uh, Regional Partnerships Initiative. Um, and the intent behind it is to really capture conservation and recreation challenges within a certain region and look to solve those challenges um, within that particular region. Um, so it's a pretty neat opportunity for a bunch of different voices to convene. So uh, sports persons, folks interested in trails, folks interested in primarily uh, conservation roles, um, really anybody that is has some level of interest in the outdoors, this is a place for them to come to the table and help uh, manage and kind of monitor our conservation and recreation. Well, I think we saw throughout the state um, the pressure that's been put on our resources over the last year. Now, everything I read kind of tells me that although people are going to start to travel again, they're going to start youth sports are starting, people are going to dinner and movies, that a huge percentage of these people who are more active in the outdoors or active for the first time are going to continue. And, you know, you're exactly right that there's a unique need in Holyoke, Colorado, where maybe somebody's pheasant hunting, than there is down in Ure, where maybe people are walking a mountain trail or going to one of the reservoirs. And it's hard to come up with a state plan But this gets, from what you told me and you and I talked earlier, this really gives a chance for regional partners in that area that understand the needs, what needs to be protected and what needs to be improved and how to manage that. And so you've created funding to help create these groups. Is that right? It is, yes. So um, we've set aside between, so GOCO and Colorado Parks and Wildlife have set aside uh, a chunk of money and we're looking to make that kind of a sustainable level of funding um, over the next uh, several years so that once we stand up these organizations, or once we support and stand and these organizations stand up um, and become a coalition or a regional partner, um, they can continue to operate year after year and look at, A, having the discussions of conservation and recreation and and ultimately solving those issues b developing a regional plan and then c that regional plan we're looking to inform and shape a statewide plan which will um, kind of 
inform future areas and future coalitions that stand up in the state. So it's a really neat opportunity to get local input, regional input in shaping kind of statewide, a statewide approach. Now, before we get into what the process is to apply for some of this funding, what, what are you looking for? I mean, what types of interesting organizations or partners? Do you have a, a profile or a type of partner you're hoping to see come forward or group of partners? What are you hoping the, the profile of these groups looks like? Of course. So we're looking at really a diverse set of interests, a diverse set of demographics um, to come to the table um, and, and share their voice and perspective about where they want their region to uh, or how they want their region to proceed with uh, conflicts or issues between recreation or conservation. And so some of the folks that will be at that table are your large landowners, both public and private, uh, again, conservation groups, uh, recreationists, hunters, anglers, any other sports persons, really any, any individual that is interested in, in loves and values the outdoor and uh, perhaps heads a regional organization um, to, and can offer that voice. So if I want to apply, if I've got this group or I'm trying to form this group, how do I apply and do I try to get some government entity to try to help me or be involved with me or do I just try to bring a group to the table? Is there instructions or information on the website, maybe? Yes. So um, Colorado Outdoor Partnership website, which is kind of a subset of the CPW website, contains the actual application. And we are offering anywhere from $25,000 to $150,000 um, this, this year and, and in future years to help stand organizations up and as well as to um, – assist them with plan development and, and the components that they'll need to develop that plan. Um, and so when we're, I suppose, when we're looking at kind of the, this, this program as a whole, um, again, we're looking at uh, convening voices. We're really looking at collaboration and we're looking at having um, the opportunity for, for folks to solve those, those concerns in their local areas. Now, I know we're running out of time for this. What is the deadline for the application? Oh, great question. So uh, May 20th is when this application closes. And uh, again, folks, uh, this goes back to your last question, folks that are looking to apply, you can be a new entity or you can be, again, a well-developed organization in your regional area. And so we're looking at really a whole swath of folks and a whole swath of um, well mature and well-developed organizations to join so um, again you can be a startup but we're just looking at having you convene voices get your local and and regional or your county governments on board um, and and have them be supportive so that you can apply and then um, deadline again is may 20th now is, are you looking for we're going to run out of time here in a minute but are you looking for these groups to mostly have their effect on public land. Colorado has a lot of public land. But now if I go out east, a lot of recreation takes place on private land that they sign agreements with Parks and Wildlife. Are you looking for private-public land partnerships, mostly public land, or hasn't that really been defined? 
So it's all of the above. And each county and each, I guess, each CPW area is very different in terms of the amount of public or private land. And so we're we are open to anything. And again, we want the actual region itself to um, identify what their needs are and how they want to proceed. Well, we're out of time, but I will tell you, folks, I went to Colorado Parks and Wildlife website and I just went to the search uh, window inside Parks and Wildlife and put in regional partnerships and all the information came up. There's very detailed information there on how you apply and what they're looking for. And uh, hopefully, Carly, this is a program that will continue. I know we're going to get we want people outdoors. I think we don't want to ever send the message. We don't want people outdoors. But we also want responsible use of our resources. And I think we all know we're probably going to have to increase resources, don't you? Agreed, absolutely. And I think that's many, much of the reason people come to Colorado and love Colorado is for our natural resources. And so we want to maintain those and, and also provide opportunities, like you said, to, to build and grow and share. Well, folks, check it out. If you're involved with an organization or you think you could put some voices together, read through the criteria. Carly, thank you so much for joining us. Sounds like a very great program. I'm, thanks for bringing it to our attention. Of course. Thanks for having me, Terry. Appreciate it. You bet. Carly Kutnick from uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We'll take a quick time out and we come back. We're going to um, we're going to talk some more fishing up in the North Park area and the rivers and the lakes. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Just take those old off the You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from North Park Anglers is Scott Graham. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Terry. How are you, bud? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, you guys, I was just thinking while I was waiting online here, you guys have about as diverse a trout fishing area in the state as anywhere. You have some of the better lakes. You have substantial streams or rivers that can actually be drifted for miles through just open wilderness that's hard to uh, get to you have lots of tributaries and you have all the small uh small meadow type streams up there that are so fun to fish so i imagine you guys uh have trouble deciding sometimes what you want to do yeah that's one of the <clears throat> hardest things to do is decide where you're going to go but that's a good problem to have <laughs> what, yeah it is so so what's going on up there uh I, uh you and i talked a little earlier in the week sounds like runoff hasn't started yet What's the conditions? Let's start with the lakes. What's going on in the lakes? Uh, the lakes are awesome. They uh, just, the ice came off about two weeks ago, and water temps are, are coming up, and the fishing's been wonderful. Um, all the Delaney Buttes and Lake John and Cowdery and um, all the uh, other little lakes around the valley are just, they're just fishing great right now. Any particular way you guys like to approach those lakes? Uh, yeah, you know, we... Right now, the best uh, thing is fish and leeches and, and bait fish. Um, we've got lots of minnows and, and leeches and crayfish, too. So either fishing them under a strike indicator or bobber and, uh, you know, suspending them uh, or uh, using sinking lines and stripping uh, has been the and most so, effective. So you're using pretty much streamer-type bigger presentations here and you're tracking the fish. They're pretty hungry when they get to a shore. Are the rainbows and, cu and the cuts spawning now, or are they done? Uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're tail end. Um, you know, they've, uh, I would say right as the ice was coming off, they, all the hens were just full of eggs and, and uh, 
Um, now we're starting to catch uh, fish that are that have have spawned, but they're still, I would say, tail end of it for sure. So, do you use egg patterns at all? Uh, yeah, we definitely do. Um, we could do like a leech and an egg, um, or uh, uh, you know, putting a, a peg egg above a leech, or or um, you know, stuff like that. Um, we don't do it as much because there's. Um, only certain spots of the lake that the, the fish will sort of congregate. So it kind of depends where you're at. But I would say, you know, as all trout are, you could use an egg year round and they're, they'll, they'll eat it. What about, um, you talked about a lot of fly fishermen, a lot of fly anglers struggle a little bit on still water. You know, you talked about different spots, knowing where to fish or where to make or how to make their presentation compared to a river where they fish the seams and the edges and the flow actually helps make the presentation. What advice could you give somebody approaching a, a, that's not used to fishing lakes? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the struggles, you, you know, you come up to a lake and it just looks flat, but um, you know, an advantage to being in a boat with a depth finder, um, you know, you can start to find structures and, and features in the lake and, you know, some stuff to, that, that you could see from the shore would be a point or a dam or a shallow bay um, and things like that. And, and there's a lot of transition areas. And what we find with the trout especially is that, um, you know, they suspend uh, and it really depends on where food is. And so what we're doing is um, not necessarily finding a, a particular depth of water to be in, but a particular depth of water to be fishing in. So um, the last three weeks, it's it's been kind of five to seven feet under the surface is where those fish are cruising. Um, and that must be where the coronamids are hanging. That that must be where there's a lot of plankton. Um, and it may, it may be where the thermocline is where, you know, the, the most optimal temperature that those trout are really lo- looking for and love. And another thing, like in the spring, is those fish will cruise tight to the bank because that's where the warmest water is. So obviously that's where the, a lot of the food's going to be. And um, so you got a lot of crayfish and minnows and, and stuff like that uh, and shrimp that are, you know, hanging in the weed beds close to, to shore. So that brings those fish in. Whereas uh, once the lakes turn over and the water temperatures start to rise, those fish will, will go out deeper and, and start, start suspending in, in 12, 15, 18 feet of water, depending on where that food is. Now, let's move to the river. That's great advice, by the way, Scott. That's awesome. Um, runoff hasn't started, so I assume you're not doing any drift trips yet. You're mostly walkwade fishing? Yeah, it's been cold, um, and we lost all of our valley snow pretty early. Um, so right now the rivers are all pretty low, uh, crystal clear. And uh, so, yeah, w- wade fishing is good. Um, the water temperatures are still cold, so they're fishing better in the afternoons. Um, but, uh, you know, I sort of watch the valleys around us and, uh, you know, like steamboat, uh, is starting to, uh, experience runoff. So I, I'm thinking we're probably a week or two behind them, um, being a couple thousand feet higher. Um, so it's coming we're, we've had a, a nice, um, window to fish before runoff, which we don't get every year. Um, so, you know, for now it's, it's really good. And, um, you know, the ranchers will start to draw water for irrigation. So that'll take a little pressure too. So I, I think we got a couple of weeks before, you know, we start to see a bump in flows. 
Are you fishing mostly the larger tributaries to the North Platte and the North Platte, or are you fishing a lot of the smaller rivers and streams? Yeah, we're, we're the bigger stuff, like the, the North Platte um, through the valley and down through the canyon has been really good. And then uh, rivers like the Michigan and the Roaring Fork and the North Fork um, uh, have been good. Uh, they're low, but they're um, the fish are pretty happy, and, and uh, you know, the, the clarity is wonderful. Probably have to use pretty good stealth tactics. Uh, any particular presentations or hatches you see going on a lot? Yeah, we're really hatch-wise, we've seen some blooming olives and some small black stone flies and, and midges, um, but we haven't paid much attention to that as far as using, um, you know, imitations of that. We've been doing a lot of streamer fishing um, and then just, you know, meat and potatoes as far as like just those stone fly and the San Juan worm seems to be the ticket. You know, I want to get, well, we got a minute. I want to get, you did such a great job on the lakes, streamer fishing. That's another area where a lot of, a lot of fly anglers struggle because they like to, they like to let the river make their drift, their presentation. But on a streamer, you're talking about something that swims in the water, something that really isn't as carried by the drift, especially in these low flows. You have to kind of visualize and make that come to life, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, when we're streamer fishing, it's all about covering water and, and kind of this time of year, those fish are going to be in what I like to refer to as winter holding spots, so the deeper water. Um, and so, and they're very opportunistic. I mean, we have, I would say, a, a brown trout heavy fishery on these smaller streams, and uh, browns seem to be, um, you know, meat eaters and just uh, more opportunistic. And so, um, it's not about like fishing one hole and picking it apart. It's like covering as much ground as you can. So, you know, sticking and move, you know, stick and move, stick and move, stick and move and cover as much water as you can. And, you know, you'll start to find, um, where the fish are holding and then what, what sort of presentation they like, do they like you to cast it and, and retrieve it super fast? Or do, do you want to like dead drift it and swing it? Or is it more of a slow strip? Um, so, you know, you just kind of have to t- check their temperature and, and see, you know, what mood they're in, and then and then you can start to pick on them. All right, my friend, we're running out of time. If people want to book a trip, you've got float trips coming up. Once you, I, Folks, if you want to see an incredible float trip, go to my YouTube channel and go to where we, we uh, floated the North Platte River with these guys, and I'll tell you what an incredible experience. I think we have two or three shows with you guys on my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, but you've got some great float trips coming up right as you get into runoff and maybe right after. You never know how long that's going to run, but if people want to book a trip or want more, just want more information or want to stop by the shop, how do they find you? A uh, simple way would be northparkanglers.com, um, or we're super friendly. Give us a call. Uh, our phone number is 970-723-4215. Um, but we're here every day. So, uh, we're- yeah, if you're, if you're going up to the North Park area, stop by. You're right there in Walden. Yeah, right on, right on Main Street. You can't miss us. It's a tiny town. <laughs> All right, my friend. Great information as always. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Terry. Have a great day, bud. You bet. Scott Graham, North Park Anglers. If you're going up to that North Park area, fly fishermen especially, do yourself a favor and stop by and chat with these guys. You'll have a much more successful trip. We're going to take a quick time out. we come back, we're going to talk about a special event for 
um, some developmentally uh, challenged children that's going to be coming up here this summer, comes up every year, that is so, so great. And we need people to get involved. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. <clears throat> Joining us, he's been on this show times before. He's involved with a incredible uh, opportunity for kids. It's an organization and an event that happens every year. Bill Wilson. Bill, Cast for Kids, What? how many years have you been doing this? Well, good morning, Terry. Yes, we started CAST, which stands for Catch a Special Thrill, 25 years ago here in Colorado through the Colorado Bass Nation and uh, in conjunction with, back then, the Bureau of Reclamation. And uh, so here in Colorado, it's uh, 24 years old. This will be the 24th annual. But CAST is celebrating their 30 years uh, anniversary because they started a few years before we started here in Colorado. They're in about 32 states and do a, close to 100 events now. It's really grown. Wow. Well, and it's such an such an awesome event. Kind of explain to people, you know, it's June 5th, by the way. We'll get into that a little more, but kind of explain to people what you try to accomplish at this event. Well, Terry, we... You know, CAST, for all these years, has enriched the lives of all these children with special needs. And we also support their families and and strengthen the communities through the sport of fishing. So uh, it's mostly the Bass Club uh, has boats. We also have the Walleye Club. Colorado Walleye Association helps us gather boats for this event. And then also we have a lot of volunteer boaters from just the general public especially with pontoons and uh, those are especially useful whenever we have uh, children that are confined to a wheelchair so we are looking for about oh probably five more pontoon boats and we're looking for uh, probably another 15 other fishing boats or walleye boats so that's what we're looking for that and more participants too we're allowed to bring 40 children and we invite 40, a lot of them, you know, for their, sometimes their immune systems don't let them do it. And that's for that reason, we didn't have cast last year. However, this year, everything's a go. We're going to be safe and wear our mask and keep social distance um, out when we're on land. But uh, out on the boat, we're just going to go have fun. And I promise everybody, if you come and volunteer for this as a shore volunteer or a boater or just any kind of a helper, It'll be the best day fishing that you've ever had. Well, and you know, we talked earlier, and you were telling me, first of all, the event is really based on developmentally disabled children or handicapped children and introducing them to fishing to help enrich their life. And one of the stories you told me is you've had parents who brought their children to this event never thinking that their child could really get into it, and now they've gone out and bought pontoon boats because they felt like they couldn't imagine how much fun the child had and how much it enriched their life and gave them an activity. And fishing will do that for you, and it can be done at so many levels. And I thought that was a great testament. So it's June 5th, and it starts, take us through the day. It starts with a breakfast. Well, all of our volunteers show up at 6 o'clock. The registration starts at 7 and we will have a continental breakfast set up for everybody, including all the boaters and all their helpers. 
um, in the upper parking lot there at the South Bay at Horse Tooth. You do not have to have a day pass that day because we will uh, we are partnered with Larimer County and they forego the pass uh, that day. So you come in and have a continental breakfast. You take a child fishing for about three or four hours. You come back in and we have a gigantic uh, barbecue that uh, is uh, catered by Nordy's Barbecue and they just do a fantastic job. It's a great big barbecue buffet and everybody gets to eat a bunch. Now, do the parents, does a parent go with the child on the boat too, or how does that work? Yes, Terry, we, we have to have one parent or guardian go with the child. That way it's just, they, they are more familiar with their child's needs. And uh, so it's just uh, part of the deal. One parent has to be there with them. Uh, the children get a tackle box that is full of good lures from uh, all of our local sporting goods like Jack's and uh, Bass Pro Cabela's. Everybody pitches in things for the tackle boxes, so they get a rod, a reel, combo. They get T-shirts, hats. Uh, this tackle box is all fixed up, so they have a real fun day. And then we have an awards assembly afterwards. After everybody's uh, through eating, we have a short uh, award ceremony. And each child receives a plaque uh, in recognition of their participation that day and their accomplishment. And uh, it has a picture of them and their boaters. So these boaters really love that because they get a picture also of them and the family that they took out that day. And some of these have become lasting relationships. Well, I can tell you, I've been involved in some of these different types of events, and they are so rewarding. Um, It's just worth taking a day out of your schedule Bill, if people if people want to volunteer, if they're a boater or if they just want to be a volunteer, you need more boats yet, or if they've got a child, they want to see if they can get involved, where do they get more information? How do they do that? They can go to our national website, which is castforkids.org, and that will take them. All they have to do is just hit the horse tooth event, and they can, it'll flash up a registration form. Uh, for any of the uh, participants, volunteers, or boaters. So that's the easiest way to do it. And um, I can also give them my phone number if I could, Terry. Oh, go right Bill ahead. Wilson. Sure. Bill Wilson, my number is 970-218-2895. And I would love to hear from anybody. And if we can't uh, can't have them in this event this year, maybe we can start working on next year because uh, – this is going to be an ongoing event forever. It's just the best day fishing for everybody that's involved. Well, all I can say is, folks, if you've got a boat, you're available that day, and you think you could take one of these kids and their parents out um, on horse tooth that day for half a day of fishing and give them maybe the thrill of their life, uh, give some of your time. It'll be rewarding and well worth it. Um, Bill, we got to run. We're out of time, but... Thank you for your involvement, for all all you do and what you do for this event. Oh, thank you, Terry. I appreciate your support on it and uh, hope to see everybody there at Horse Tooth that morning. All right. That's June 5th. So go to castforkids.org for more information. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Terry. I'll see you soon. All right. Bill Wilson, great, great guy, great organization. We'll take a quick time out and we come back. Nate Zielinski will join us and I'll bet we'll talk some fishing on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 